welcome back to our uh, sort of Christmas uh, to New Year lull episode um, of uh, the Storming Water sessions. Um, so we're recording this on Tuesday and we'll probably put it out later today um, on Tuesday the 29th of December. Um, doing it on Tuesday rather than Monday this week because uh, yesterday was a bank holiday in lieu of um, Boxing Day being on a Saturday. Um, so how are you, Dad? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I think I ate a little too much uh, on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. So I had a semi-fast yesterday and I'm feeling quite a bit better for it. But, you know. There I you was go. witness to some of your eating on, on Christmas Day. Yeah, well, I don't think I've polished off quite that quantity of chicken. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> the dessert that I was um, more oh, impressed yeah. with. Oh, right, there you go. Well, it was too much, whatever it was. <laughs> um, I'm a little and often man these days, so. Um, and anything that you were especially uh, pleased to receive um, yeah. for Christmas? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I got all kinds of things. Um, uh, my mum gave me a Bible. I got the very same Bible, although I haven't got it right to hand here. Um, Holy Bible. And um, large print, everyone, and NRSB. So good version and easy to read. Not holding it like Donald, just noticed there. Um, I think uh, for me. We do say he got criticized um, several years ago for saying two Corinthians or two something. And they were saying, oh, he can't, he mustn't read the Bible because he should have said 2 Corinthians, but everyone in Britain would say 2 Corinthians and his mother was Scottish. So that probably wasn't the, the reason to criticise. No, no. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think the thing for me, I've always got Bibles around my shelves um, and I got a very nice justice Bible last year, but it, it's a hefty thing and uh, you couldn't really carry it into church. It's just too much. And so I wanted a kind Unless of Bible. Unless you were going to do that, some literal Bible bashing with it. Yeah, I, I wanted something that you could just hold in your hand. Put If you're preaching, put the notes on one side and then, you know, wander around a bit. And and it's large print, which is good, because you're not, like, stressing to read it, you know. So so that was a great present. I got all kinds of other presents, various books and things. So, so yeah. And, um, you know, I always get clothes, um, although... These days I buy them and then inform the sender <laughs> what they're giving me. So, so yeah, it was good. What about you? Uh, no clothes this year. I think I sort of specifically said I've got enough enough clothes at the moment. So uh, um, I I got a Sri Lankan cookbook. And All right. So that, that was one thing that I was aware of, although I'd forgotten about it. But we'd seen it in the shop a few few months ago um and on that sri lankan theme um i, I got a teacher um a, a spoken sinhala sort of phrase book of um sinhala is the the uh, the main language of sri lanka and to tie in with all of that i've got some uh, zoom sinhala lessons that are starting uh um next week so uh that was one of the main things. I got lots of books as well. I got the same Bible as you did um, from the same person, um, but uh, got quite a lot of books, particularly um, ones that I'd asked for um, that are around faith um, and uh, 
the sort of um, Christian faith of Martin Luther King and and the whole kind of civil rights movement and stuff. So yeah, got, got probably a good I don't know six to eight weeks worth of um, reading material there. Yeah, yeah, keep you out of mischief. The um for those of you who are wondering why Ben wants to learn the language of Sri Lanka. Um, in his day job, he has uh, a lot of dealings with a, a company over there and he's visited a couple of times. So that's the wider context. Yeah. Um, Just thinking as I was walking up here, you know, it'd be about two months till I was going there on the usual schedule and that's not going to happen, which is no. a shame. Um, but hopefully the next time I do go, um, I won't be the English idiot. No, no, no. Well, I'd still be the English idiot or the Irish idiot, but um, I'll be able to say a few uh, few words as well. So. And for those of you that are wondering how you can bless what we're doing here, um, I'll, I'll just drop a few hints. Ben is a collector of rare football shirts, and um, so uh, he's currently got a Jamaican shirt on, is that right? Or am I... Jamaica away shirt from the Gold Cup in 2016, I think. But not... Not because I'd been particularly seeking it out, but because it was uh, very cheap on one of those sites. They'd obviously got a job lot of brand new ones. Right. So, yeah, and then I've got an Amazon wish list, but we'll we'll move on from that. Um, so, um, so Ben, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we are going to talk about uh, God and our good intentions, um, or basically um, our New Year's resolutions. Um, yeah. which I wouldn't say are, uh, I wouldn't say I grew up making New Year's resolutions or you encouraging me to. They're not a sort of inherently Christian thing in that, in that sense. Mm. Obviously, doing good things is, yeah. is good um, and, and right. Um, but, uh, um, you know, and, and often the resolutions are to do better things or to stop doing bad things um uh or, but sometimes they're you know perhaps go a bit too far um in in a certain direction or you know are, are a bit unrealistic or or you know are actually self-defeating um you know kind of so inward focused that um they're they're Turn, turn out to be um, much worse for you <laughs> than, yeah. than, uh, than, than not trying. So, but, but nevertheless, I, I think because, um, because it is the start of a new year, there's always a, a feeling of, um, well, it's a clean slate in certain ways. And, um, you know, I've, I've perhaps gone a bit mad in December, um, particularly maybe not this this year but you know for people um that might go out to the pub a lot more than they usually would they might think oh i'm gonna have a dry january or uh, i'm gonna stop eating chocolate for a month or something like that yeah i, so, I, somewhat, I somewhat shockingly was out just now and there's a particular brand of chocolate bar at the moment that i'm very fond of and i was in the shop and i just thought no <laughs> And then I caught myself thinking, that's not like you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> At the bargain price, that's been sold out at the moment. But, I mean, obviously you've just mentioned that uh, that sometimes it can all be a kind of, oh, I'm going to do this, and then three weeks later, 
a bit of self-loathing because we haven't been able to carry on with it. But do you think there are good things about having a sort of New Year resolution kind of uh, moment in late December? I think it's it's a good time to reflect um, for a lot of people. I mean, I you know understand that there's, there's people that work in in retail, and I, I used to work in, in retail, so I know it's not true for everyone. But for a lot of people, the office is shut, and you have a little bit more time to to think, and you think actually, what would I like to do differently next year? Um, I think it can be unfortunate um, that. We try and do that in January sometimes um, yeah. because it's it's the hardest one of the hardest months uh, to to be to be in Britain anyway because the weather's bad and and probably one of the hardest months to be anywhere else in in sort of Christendom um, yeah. because you've spent so much money perhaps in December that financially it's a it's a harder month as well. Um, and so you, you've got the all of these competing kind of um, challenges. But I think having um, the uh, openness, perhaps, um, to, to, to be receptive, to think, well, what should I do differently? And, but accept that you might, um, you might not do that perfectly. Um, yeah. It might be, well, I'm going to... Um, try and do I don't know read the bible for 15 minutes a day when really you think oh actually I want to eventually get that to half an hour or 45 minutes or something like that um but but you know you can you can make a start on things and and there might be things where you think actually I shouldn't do that um but I know I can't do it all at once yeah and that doesn't make me um you know, if you're a, a Christian, it doesn't make you not a Christian. If you if you can't give, and well, you know, if you can't say stop smoking or something, but you're reducing it, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean you're not a Christian until you yeah. until you no, stop smoking. Yeah. So, in in a sense, what we're saying is that the part of the good side of um, uh, making a commitment at this time is that it often arises out of less pressure in the rest of our lives. A moment to reflect, um, just a bit more breathing space in our sort of mental universe. Another positive side is that, you know, in Christian circles, we often talk about the purpose driven life. Um, and some people react against that, you know, oh, I don't want to be driven about anything. But intentionality is often a good thing and a little bit of a, a bulwark against a kind of life will just happen to me uh, kind of mindset. Um, And so kind of clearing the decks a bit and setting out some intentional direction for yourself uh, is is really a bad thing. Um, Although, I mean, we do it all times of the year, uh, but for many people, New Year is the time when they really take stock. so it's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but a lot depends on what expectations that you bring to it. So um, what can be unhelpful? I, I mean, I think we've, we've, we've touched on a few 
a few things. I don't know if you've you've got any further thoughts on on that because I think I've, I might have. Um... Well, I, I think Ben's touched on the fact that you can sort of set yourself up for disappointment, um, and I wonder whether the deeper aspect to that is that the New Year's resolution things often based around willpower, um, and and we can think to ourselves, you know, I had a friend and he was. 22 stone and um, he went on this weight loss program that did involve reductions of food certain kinds of uh, protein drinks all that kind of stuff and he lost 11 stone and you would barely recognize him he was literally half the size but one of the things that he said to me was that uh, during the whole process he was having counseling about the life issues that were causing the behaviors and I think sometimes the trap with the New Year's resolutions is that we're trying to change a behaviour which is only a symptom of a deeper issue and that if we can't control that behaviour and we peter out, we become very disappointed with ourselves. But in fact, really, we needed to reach beyond the symptom and say, do you know, what is it that deep down... I want to move on from what if it's particularly a kind of consumption thing uh, either food or any other kind of product or goods what is it that's unsettling my soul or my psyche or what am I trying to soothe within myself by stopping this behavior and it and if we go the, the willpower route it's some people that will work they, they will say right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna do that I'm you know and after a while, 21 days, they begin to be out of the habit of doing it. It can work for them. But for some people, they need to reach beyond. And tinkering around with the symptom doesn't deal with the root issue. And, and so sitting here on this podcast, um, there may be people out there and, you know, there's something you need to give up. Uh, overconsumption of alcohol, uh, you know, smoking. Um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, um, and it's not just a question of gritting your teeth and saying no, although that's part of the story. Uh, your will will often be influenced by your heart and your mind. And what is it that we sometimes need to deal with in our hearts and our minds? Romans 12 verse 2 talks about being changed in the patterns of our thinking so that we might offer our lives uh, to God and I think uh, the patterns of um, our thinking uh, are often neglected in our understanding of what spiritual formation might look like. Philippians uh, talks about dwell on that which is um, and sometimes when we're trying to be resolute uh, we need to be dwelling on something that will help that resoluteness um, uh, and that can be anything from scripture to uh, a new a new habit, not just let's stop the old one. Let's start a new one that is helpful and productive and, you know, uh, with us uh, and the work that Sharon and I are doing. Uh, for some people, their new habit is coming down to the allotment um, and being a volunteer there and just having a different perspective 
on their day, their morning, um, their relationships uh, and everything because they're uh, with people who affirm them and encourage them and make them welcome and all that kind of thing. And, and so sometimes uh, it's, it's looking at uh, what will change us down at the bottom in the foundations, not just trying to repair the wall all the time, you know? So, so the downside of New Year's resolutions is that they're often based around willpower um, when sometimes there needs to be based around transformation of our thinking uh, about life in general. So that'd be one of the things that I would uh, say in response. What would you say would be a foundation for being resolute? What, what uh, you know, is the things that have helped you in the past where you thought, right, need to make some different choices here. What, is there a type of approach to that that you found helpful? I think, uh, I mean, if I was sitting here listening to this, I might um, just write a few things down. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what exactly do I want to do? Um, uh, and, you know, is that realistic? And what is the realistic time frame for it? Yeah. And it might be that you think, well, that thing has got to be done. The, the time frame is like now, basically. But there yeah. might be something where you think, well, I'm not going to achieve that overnight. Uh, you know, it's like physically impossible <laughs> yeah. um, to, to do that. Um, but, but I want to make a good start. And then I can look at it again in a month and see um, how far I've got. And, you know, that might spur me on to the next yeah. the next thing so I think actually just like knowing what you want to do yeah um and I think you know getting away from the idea that it that it all has to be negative like it doesn't have to be oh you know these are the eight things that I can't do after the first of January but what you know but maybe for every one that you might think is a negative have a positive one as well like you know, I'm going to, I don't know, buy flowers for this person every week or, um, or you know, for, for three months or something like that. Um, so I think, I think that, um, I think that, that praying about these things, that you'll be guided to the right things, that you'll know what the right things yeah. are. Um, whether that be to start on the 1st of January or the 8th of January or the 22nd of January or whatever, but that you'll be open to those things. And then probably that you tell somebody else what you're going to do um, or what you want to do. Because mm. um, um, then they can, they can just say, Oh, how are you getting on with that? Yeah. Or, you know, a couple of weeks sign, they might say, Oh, well done. That's, that's brilliant. Um, but I think, you know, what you, what you said about the willpower thing, like you can, you can do so much with, with willpower if you got it and that might last you for a year or 15 years or 20 years or whatever, but, but uh, you need the sort of spirit power 
as well. Yeah. Like you need something, you need, yeah. you need more than yourself. Um, yeah. You need someone beyond yourself yeah. um, to, to, to do that. And all of those other things sort of help you yeah. a bit with, with that spirit, yeah. power part. Yeah. There's, there's three things that come out of that. One is the thing about writing it down. And, and I think that works at two levels. One is um, it takes it out of our head into something concrete that we can continue to reflect on or return to, as you've mentioned. Um, and we found uh, in my research that, uh, that in terms of how people read the Bible or are taught about the Bible, that when you've got a church full of note takers, at one level it's a bit distracting because they're all scribbling things about what you're saying. But actually the retention of the information is much higher uh, amongst those who wrote it down. And it's not always necessarily because they went back and read over it. It's because uh, they are storing little snippets of information in their memory through the act of engaging with it, thinking that was good and writing it down um, more so than the ordinary one that's just listening, who's who may drift in and out of attention. Um, I may not remember some of the choicest phrases that you use. So the writing down thing, very important thing in the book of Habakkuk, don't ask me for the verse, but the more astute use of Google and gate, Bible Gateway will be able to help you find it. But it basically says, write the vision down and make it plain. Um, and, you know, it's got a much wider application than in our own personal lives. But I think it, it does have an application. And then you've alighted on the prayer thing, the, the spirit thing, the engagement with God thing. And obviously the Bible is full of metaphors about uh, Christ uh, in us and the whole idea of the body of Christ and he is the head. Uh, the, the image that's probably best for us at this very moment in time is the one of the vine um, and, you know, how we're rooted in Christ and the sustenance that we need comes from that. And that there will often be spiritual transactions taking place uh, in our prayer lives, in our Bible reading, in the Christian books that we read, in some of the conversations we have out there in the world, in some of those moments you know, when we're just walking around and something strikes us and then another thought tumbles in and another thought tumbles in. And and so that kind of embeddedness in a partnership where God is helping us all the time and we're cooperating with him, really quite important, I think. And then that final thing you said about accountability, um, you know, uh, there's a verse in James where it says, confess your sin one to another and you think oh that's a bit heavy I'm not going to go around <laughs> telling everybody what I'm like but uh, he's not suggesting you confess your sin to everybody <laughs> but there's also this element of you know if you're in a one or a three a prayer triplet or you know just a strong friendship relationship uh, and you can trust the person you can sometimes you don't have to bear your whole soul but it's good to bear some of it and uh like you say, that person can hold you accountable. Um, and it, it's sometimes easier to pursue your goals if you've declared them to somebody else and they're agreeing with you and affirming you and giving you little bits of advice and information and what helped them. And, and so if you're listening today and you're thinking, 
how does this all actually work? If these two are right and it's a bit more than willpower, what is it? Well, some of it is meditating on what you're thinking about by writing it down. Some of it is uh, being open to revelation from God in all those different arenas that you encounter God, uh, which are not all just prayer and Bible reading, but that's an important part of it. Um, and the third one is getting somebody on board with you um, who will just support you through it. One of the interesting things for me is that I've had a 10-year vision uh, to write books about Jesus. And I, I wrote a book specifically about following Jesus uh, about 15 to 20 years ago. And I only really scratched the surface um, uh, of what that might mean and, and how that would work. And I've studied a lot more since then, but I've never quite got there. So uh, last uh, January, February, I decided to let go of some things that I had a huge audience for, but weren't connected to my main goal in life, which is to equip the saints, i.e. the church, for works of service. That was what I told my dad when I left Bible college. And so this thing was good, and over the years it had earned me a lot of money, but it was keeping me away from my main goal. And then about a month ago, I gave up something else that I had 45,000 followers for on Twitter and very relevant to current life. But I thought, you know, this is eating me and I'm not getting to my, I'm not getting to my key subject, you know. And, and so for me, the fourth thing that I would add to all that we've said is take, take some action, you know, Ben's mentioned that sometimes it's incremental, but I'd sort of written down, you know, deal with X. And then I was always pushing it back a day. And I went in and I cancelled the Twitter account and I uh, put unrenew against the website. I, I did the things that would step in my own way, if you see what I mean, um, so that uh, I had the time. And somebody had said to me in a meeting that, that God was jealous for my time. And I kind of played with that and thought, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I wonder what that means. And, and you know, and I thought, I think he wants me to discover things that I can share with other people. But if I don't give myself more time to discover things, then I'm just always going to be feeling that that dream is on the horizon. But it's never coming into the foreground, you know. So, so in terms of... Um like being clear in our thinking what what do you think we should know about vows and and covenants from from the bible like is there anything there that would uh, mm -hmm. uh help us uh not not to to um sort of over promise and under deliver yeah i mean i think it comes back to this thing we were saying at the beginning about where our new year's resolution might fit into our our wider picture um, and if we just, you know, pause for a moment in this part of the podcast and say, what, what, what have vows and covenants got to do with New Year's resolutions? Well, the answer is New Year's resolutions are a form of vow. We're vowing to ourselves that we will, or we're vowing to ourselves and God that we will take certain actions. And so when you look at the histories of vows and covenants in the scripture, Jesus basically says, don't take vows lightly, you know don't uh let your yes be yes yeah. yeah 
yeah. Don't be vowing all over the place type stuff and not following through. Then the covenant thing is really interesting. There's five main covenants uh, in the scripture, a covenant with Abraham, one with Moses, one with David, um, there's one with Noah, and then uh, there's another one which is often called the new covenant. And the thing that when you study them about these covenants is that although the intermediary is often a leading figure in the nation, the covenants are with the nation um, and that went against the flow of ancient Near Eastern thought. Well, the covenant was usually with the king uh, and not with the people. Um, and so God was always reaching out beyond whoever had the power and saying, I promise all of you. Um, but out of this arises this idea that God kept forgiving people who were in rebellion against him and making a fresh promise to them that if they would move towards him, he would move towards them. Um, and so this idea of covenant faithfulness uh, is sort of underlines a lot of how we are. In Jeremiah, it talks about, I, I'm going to give a new covenant. I'm going to write my message on your hearts. And, and underlying our understanding of the choices we should make is us understanding our purpose in the earth and which bit of that we want to see fulfilled. Um, and often the people who do great things do small things. When I was much younger, I, I knew the, um, the light man for the rock band U2. And I, I wasn't you know, deep in his circle of friends, but uh, I was, I was sort of middle level acquaintance and, uh, you know, we did gigs together and all sorts. And one of the things that people said to me about him was that underneath his sort of, you know, flamboyant rock and roll exterior, he was extremely meticulous. Um, and that one of the reasons that he's so successful, you know, one of the greatest lighting engineers in the world was that he focused on detail and that he, he didn't have his hands in every pot. He, he had one thing that he was working on, and he did that to the best of his ability. And, and rooted in that kind of thinking is this idea of covenant faithfulness. It's what marriage is framed as, a covenant that is made, a vow that is taken, and a faithfulness to that. And so sometimes when we come to our New Year's resolutions, it's all about uh, self-ideals. And we maybe sometimes need to set our New Year's resolutions in the context of not so much, you know, I want to lose weight, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do the other. And like you say, turn it around, make it more positive um, and say, what is it that I want to do? And what do I need to set aside to do the maximum in that area? And one of the things that's interesting to me, this might seem tangential if you're listening, but is that Jesus often didn't give people the answers. It's like ripple of shock runs through the audience. You know, Jesus is the answer to everything, Dave. Um, but when you look at his teaching, he didn't always give the answer. He asked a question. And one of the things that he wanted the people to do was to go away and really think. 
really think about what he was saying, really think about what the consequences were and the choices that they, they therefore might make. And they had a much higher ownership of their response than if he just said, I am the all-powerful one from God now, do what you're told. Um, because a lot of them would have said, well, he's a good man, we'll just do what he's told, they told us. But they wouldn't have taken possession of the story, if you see what I mean. And so for some of us, our New Year's resolutions are going to work out much better if they're not sort of part of self-help fortnight in the latter weeks of December, but are actually part of, where do I sit in all of this? What I mean, this is a theme that we pursued over the podcasts. Um, if we're stewards of creation corporately together as well as individuals, um, what does that mean for uh, our work, our witness in the world, our consumption, our, you know, and all of these kind of things. And it's much easier to pursue those goals. Uh, we watched a, a program the other day called Kiss the Soil. Um, and they basically said that modern farming methods were destroying the soil and that it was possible to get much, much greater yields out of the soil with some particular choices, uh, which would renew the earth, uh, meet some of the climate change issues. And But it's all framed in terms of, uh, with those people, and you know, I would agree with a lot of what they said, in terms of how can we sustain this earth? Why would we destroy it? And then these other things become tactics, well-informed tactics, to help you reach that goal. So covenant faithfulness is, is an important idea, I think, to set our goals within the wider story of how we're trying to be faithful to the story that God has told through the Bible, but also through Jesus, um, and is still telling the church in many and various ways, even in this present day. So sometimes things that don't seem like really relevant are deeply relevant uh so we need to be kind of leaning on the old uh the old testament covenants a bit and saying right what does, what does this mean for my decision making and it, it won't be sort of oh in the mosaic covenant it says x and y and z therefore i will it's more the idea that lies behind them about how we relate to god and how he wants to relate to us and how we then might relate to the world might sound a bit obscure, but, you know, ponder on it. Roll the tape back and listen again, dear listeners. So I think as we kind of go into perhaps the last phase um, of this of this episode, the last segment, the last part, um, we might want to think, well, what... I mean, you've touched on this a bit, um, you know, sort of philosophically, but, but what kind of things might we want to have as our resolutions? Well, for me personally, um, I'm 14 stone three at the moment. Um, for a long time, I was 16 stone. This year, I'd really like to lose another stone. Um, I think it would help my overall health. Um, and uh, I think sometimes I don't lose weight because I snack and I snack because I'm anxious. And, you know, and so I need to, I need to step back and think, what, what is it that makes me anxious? You know, um, and it's, it's a complex thicket of things, you know, but how can I address some of those things 
so that I don't feel so agitated and therefore comfort eat. Um, it wouldn't just be good enough to say, I'm going to eat less biscuits. I need to get to the root of why I'm eating so many biscuits. So I'd like to lose the stone. I'm not, I'm not starting from scratch. I've done well. You know, I've, I've lost nearly two stones. So, but the other thing I'd like to do is, is to write a book about Jesus. Um, and I have in mind, uh, this might not be where it ends up, and there are 10 books in the head, but a book about Jesus and justice. Um, and about three weeks ago, I did the outline for it. And, I, you know, I, I'd write, I also like to write a book about Jesus's radical message about children. And I've been playing with these ideas for so long, and I, I think I'm creating the space and the time and I'm in a certain place in my life where I can write these things. Uh, I, these won't be big academic books that shift the universities, so to speak, but they'll be 150-page books that maybe shift the mindset of a lot of people in the church and uh, worldwide, um, 100 nations kind of thing. And so I, I, want to, I want to invest myself into that. So if I was saying, what do you want to do in 2021, Dave? It's, it's enrich people's understanding of Jesus and lose a stone. What about you? Uh, do you know, I haven't really massively thought about it. I mean, I suppose what I did do uh, a couple of days ago um, was... Uh, I have a, an app on the phone that uh, I can put all my work tasks on and stuff. Um, but I've got another app, um, just a you know bog standard basic thing, just to list the the other things outside of work related stuff that yeah. that I think it is helpful. It would be helpful to do every day. So yeah. Um, you know, some of the stuff you remember to do anyway, um, you know, read the Bible and pray, but, but I just put them all in a bit of a bit of a list. Um, I even put put like, you know, at this time, have a coffee, basically, like yeah. Yeah. Um, just structuring your day. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's some things in there. Um, uh, I, I, well, I guess one of the things that there is in there is is to do with the learning the the uh, Sinhala. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to become some kind of uh, translator or something, but but you know, to be able to have few basic conversations. Um, the 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 woman that I'm having that going to have the Zoom lessons with reckons that within four months I'll be able to have some some basic conversations. So maybe by the end of April, I'd like to think, oh yeah, I can, I can just about hold my own, you know, yeah. saying yeah. Um, some things about myself and asking some questions or something like that. Um, so yeah, I suppose for me it might be uh, be around the the Sinhala um, language. I suppose at some point, um, I don't know whether it will be be this this coming year. Um, but I'd like to write another another book. Um, I don't know what that might be um, on um, or when it might happen, as I say. 
um, but uh, a something that that's we obviously don't put the begging bowl out or you know send you our bank account number. But if you want to look those and that's others, um, uh, then you know you might find yourself quite educated and entertained. Yeah, or um, I think there's that new thing. Is it bookshop.org or something? Yes, independent booksellers. Yeah, um, and they're actually distributed out of Eastbourne, out of Gardner's Books, oh, right. about three miles away from Ted. So, so yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so whatever your New Year's resolutions are going to be. Um, uh, may the Lord bless you in them. Um, there was another one that I made that came from, oh yes, I'm going to tidy the garage. It's a nightmare. It's got about five people's furniture and important items in it. And I've been putting it off for 18 months and I need to get in there and tidy it. I think that might be a little bit more of a willpower thing, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing that garage, um, I think it will be. Yeah. I'm one of the five although i think my what's left in there is is very small now but yeah 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 trousers and jumpers from 10 years ago type stuff yeah yeah so so shall we pray for the people today ben yes let's do that lord i want to bless all those who listen uh to these podcasts or, or are listening to this one uh, in your name that they may know uh, what would be wise for them to do in this year to come and how that might gladden your heart, help them to arrive at that from a place of conviction. May it not be a burden to them, but actually a joy to see something unfold in their lives that is nurturing and helpful and um is positive in their own personal flourishing. Lord, we want all of this for your glory um, and so that we might live like your lights in this world. These are difficult times we live in, Lord, and we need you uh, to walk with us and make us wise. So, Lord, may we be wise for your sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you.